Sanbonani Open Skies. How are you? It's good to be here. Uh, such an honor and a privilege to get to minister the word. Um, and I do. I want to honor uh, Hilton and Jin. I want to honor uh, Voni and Greg, Fiona, um, who I'm doing what I'm doing because God used it to release me into ministry. Who's an elder here? I honor you. And I just want to honor all the leadership. Most of the leadership here were together in Bible College, even though they were ahead of me uh, and are my seniors. So I honor you. Thank you for just the incredible work that you are doing in, the, in God's vineyard. Amen. Let's go straight into, into the word. Um, let me pray and we'll go into it. Father, I thank you for the privilege of ministering your word this morning. I thank you for the lives of the students who've gone through Bible College this year. And I thank you, God, for all you have done in their lives. I thank you for this church, Father. And I thank you for what you are doing in each and every single life that is here. And God, I thank you that you'd anoint me this morning to minister your word. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd move and touch every life just the way that you want to. I pray, God, that you would just open up hearts to receive and that you do beyond, I mean, do what only you can do, God. I pray that you anoint me and just use me this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so yesterday, uh, my wife made me laugh. She said, she said to me, she, she's just been thinking about what 10 years this past. So I'm going to minister a word this morning uh, that I felt strongly to minister that God gave me as we're going into 2020 before we knew what 10 years the next two years were going to be. But it's really been an, an encouragement to us as we've walked through the past two years. Let's read scripture. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14 to 17. Here's how it reads. Awake, you who sleep. And the title of my message is Awake. Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And the last scripture I want to read is Psalm 57, verse 8, that says, Awake, my soul, awake, harp and lyre, I will awaken the dawn. So, uh, first of all, I just want to uh, congratulate the students in, in a difficult time as 2021 to, to of the time we find ourselves in. And, and the church, we know, has been called by many a sleeping giant. And the reason for that is because the, the church has not lived up to its full potential in God. What we read in the word in terms of who the church is and what the church can do in a community and in the world, we have not yet seen the church move in that level where God wants us to move in. So the church by far and large has been a sleeping giant in the world. But God wants to awaken us up as a church that we might be all that is called us to be. So, so the enemy has, has put the church to sleep in many ways. Um, we, 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 and, and every time that Paul writes, both in Ephesians and in Romans, when he, when he tells us to awake, he's saying, walk as children of light. So do not walk as children of darkness, but walk as children of light. And by implication, then you are going to be the light and the salt that you are supposed to be on the earth. And, and the world has, has lulled us to a sleep when you 
look at the story of Samson, you see how Delilah uh, put Samson on her lap and lulled him to sleep that a man might come in and cut off his, his braids where, where the power of God lay in his life. And in many ways, the world has put us as the church to sleep, even different comforts and a false sense of security that we sometimes walk in has caused us to be asleep to the things of God. So very often where we want to lift up our sight and put our minds on things above and not on things below, there is a calling down of our minds to the natural, saying, look at the circumstances, look at what is happening, fix your eyes on the here and the now. And as much as we will try to, to, to be spiritually minded, not carnally minded, there are so many things screaming out for our attention that holds us in a place where we are being carnally and not spiritually minded. But God is calling us as a church to awake spiritually, that even in a difficult time as this, you and I would be awake spiritually. And many times when we go through a dark and a difficult time, all we want to do is sleep. We want the comfort of our beds. We, we, we want to escape even from a moment from the realities we're having to face. And we just want to, to just let me sleep a little bit longer. But God is calling us to be awake at this time and not to be asleep as this church. So, the, so there's so many things that are, that, are, that are putting us to sleep, church. I mean, I've got nothing against social media. But it's one of the things that are putting us to sleep because it's, it's just, all I want is comfort. So, so, so when I get home, I just want to, to, to binge on Netflix or just spend time on Instagram and, and, and Twitter and Facebook. And we can use, I'm not, I'm, I'm not hating on these things. We can use them in a constructive way. But when you look at how much time we spend on these things, you realize that the devil is stealing from us. I, I, I was checking it out. They say the average time that you and I spend on social media is it's two hours and 30 minutes a day. And, and that's so much of our time that's being taken up by these things. Why? Because I just want to switch off my mind and I just want comfort and I want to rest. But God is calling us to be awake spiritually. It's amazing that um, in Ephesians um, chapter 5, where, where we read, it says, Awake, you will sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Very often, we, we want to await until we see the light first to wake up. You know, you know when you are sleeping and you're tired and you're lazy, uh, you, you want to see the sun. It's the sun that comes through the, the, your, your windows that is actually going to wake, up, wake you up. But actually, that's a sign of purposelessness because when I live intentionally and with purpose, then I set my alarm according to my purpose. I'm not waiting for the lights to shine before I wake up. I will wake up even before the light shines. Why? Because I've got somewhere to be. There's a purpose about my life. I'm not waiting for the light to come. So, so it says awake and then... And it says, it says, awake you will sleep and Christ will give you light. So, so even spirit, but actually it says, awake you will sleep and awake my soul. And then, you know, we know the soul speaks of our mind, our will and our emotion. Many times our mind and our will and our emotion just wants to sleep. So why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God when I'm not feeling it because it says, yet will I praise him. So even in those times of praise, so, so what the writer is saying is that I'm going to wake up my soul. I, I am a spirit man, so from my spirit man, even though my soul just wants to sleep in this time, I'm going to wake up my soul, I'm going to wake up my mind, my will and my emotions, and then together we're going to wake up my praise, and I'm going to praise God, even though I don't feel like it, even though the season doesn't feel like I should praise him, but I'm going to praise him anyway, and it says when we do that, then we are waking our dawn. 
So now we're not waiting for our dawn to come, but we are actually actively awaking our dawn. As children of God, we must not be passively waiting for the morning to come. You and I as the church have got to rise up and awake the dawn. We've got to praise God in the, in the middle of the darkness. We've got to awake spiritually and wake up the dawn even for the world. We've got to awake and be the kings that we are called to be and be the priests that you and I are called to be. So it says awake and then God will give you light. And, and when God gave me this message, I, I thought of, this has happened to me a couple of times. I don't know if it's happened to you. Have you ever woken up from a very deep sleep and, and have sort of, been a little bit disoriented, disoriented in terms of who am I, <laughs> what am I, like what time is it? I remember the one time I woke up, I woke up in, I woke up, I was in Cape Town, so I woke up, I'm in the PNP, I'm by myself, so I wake up and I look at the surroundings, they look so unfamiliar, like I'm trying, I'm trying to think, of, like who am I, what am I doing here, where is this place? And then it takes a few moments and then it comes back to you. I, I know where I live, I live in a complex and, and so where we live, there, there, there's like a, a blocks on either side of us. So sometimes when I wake up, I'm trying to think, okay, I can hear maybe a noise is waking me up from some of the neighbors. Uh, uh, now I'm trying to think which side of the world am I facing, like is it, is it the neighbors from this side or that side because I'm a little bit disoriented at that time. And, 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 and for me, in those moments, in order to wake up, I need to do three things for me to properly wake up. The first thing is I need to know who I am. Because, because if, if I don't know who I am, I can't wake up properly to, to, to the moment that I'm waking up to. So number one, I need to know, I need to know who I am. Number two, I need to know where I am. Then number three, I need to know what time it is. So I need to know who I am, I need to know where I am, and I need to know what time it is. And I want to encourage you, giving your time to, to Bible college to study God's word is going to help you to know spiritually who you are. It's going to help you realize where you are and move you to where you should be. And it's going to help you know what time it is spiritually. So let me speak about these three things briefly. Number one, who am I? If we're going to wake up spiritually, we need to know who we are spiritually. So I don't mean in the natural, but who am I according to God, my maker? Who, what's my identity in Christ? Who am I according to God? Now I want to read a verse that blesses me in this regard. James 1, verse 22 to 25. It says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. So, so, so this verse kind of suggests that when, when we, it says if, if you are a hearer, and not a doer of the word, you come to the word and, and you see yourself as in a mirror, but then you walk away and you immediately forget what you look like. And that means that in the word of God, we see our identity. So as, as we study God's word, we, we get to see who we are in Christ. We get to understand our identity in Christ. So the word of God is a mirror that tells me who I am. And if I'm going to wake up fully spiritually and into the season where we are in, I need to know who I am 
according to God's word. I need to know because many of us have believed many lies about who we are. So in order for me to wake up, I need to know. I need to go into the perfect law of liberty and look into it and be a, 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 not be a forgetful person, but be a doer of the word that I see and walk according to my identity that I see in God's word because that is who I am. So unless I realize who I am, I can never be fully awake to the season. So I need to know, number one, what my identity in Christ is as it, as it is revealed in God's word. I need to know who I am. So giving your time to study God's word is going to help you to find out who you are in Christ. I mean, I came to Bible college with an idea of who I am, but I, I walked away with a completely different idea because God shaped my identity through his word while I was in Bible college. So number two, what time is it? What time is it? Maybe let, let me do number three first. Number three is, where am I? And, and, and when I say, where, where, where are we? I don't mean naturally, I mean spiritually. What, what's your position spiritually? Where are you spiritually? Are you, are, you, are you where you should be spiritually? Or have you, have you moved away from your position? We see it so clearly in Adam that he, he, because he believed a lie about his identity, you've got to see this, that when the enemy came in, he had to make them believe a lie about their identity. So, 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 so the enemy says, no, actually, if you eat of this fruit that God said you must not eat of, you are going to become like God. So he deceived them because they were already like God because they were made in God's image. So the enemy comes in and he sort of distorts their image, who they are, tells them a little a, a lie and, and telling them that they, they've got to go against God's will in order to become like God. And because they left a position of who they are, then they, they left their position of where they should have been. So when God comes to walk with them in the cool of the day, you find that they've left their position. And the question that God asks ask them is, Adam, where are you? Because you are not in the position where you should be. So I need us to ask ourselves, where am I spiritually? Am I where I'm supposed to be spiritually? And, 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 when, and when we know who we are and we find ourselves in the place where we should be and we know what time it is, when those three things align, miracles happen. And, and, if, and if when we ask ourselves those three questions, who am I, where am I, and what time it is, and those three things don't align, we've got to then ask ourselves, what am I doing here, and move ourselves to a different position, because we are not where we should be. So let's go to what time it is. And when I say what time it is, I don't mean uh, chronos time. We know that in the New Testament, they use two words for time. The one is chronos, and chronos is the quantity of time. It's the, it's the seconds and the minutes and the, and the hours and the days. But then there's another word that they use for time called kairos. And kairos is a, it's an appointed time. It's the, it's the right time. It's the opportune time. It's a, it's a predetermined time. It's a seasonable time. It's a fixed time. And it's a definite time, which means it's, it's the quality of time, and, 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 and we've got to ask ourselves spiritually what time it is. You, you know, in the, in the natural realm, when I wake up and I remember who I am and I remember where I am, the next thing I need to know is what time it is, because whatever time it is will tell me where I need to be right now. Sometimes you look at your watch and immediately you jump out of your bed and you go quickly into the shower. Why? Because you know you should not be where you are at the time that it is, because 
that time will always tell you where you should move towards or where you should be or what the next thing that you need to do is. The Bible says that the signs of Issachar, they understood the times and therefore they knew what Israel ought to do. So when there's an understanding of what time it is, then you know what to do. It is so in the natural and it is so in the spiritual. When you have an understanding of what season it is spiritually, an understanding of what time it is spiritually, then you know what your next steps should be. You know what your next course of action should be. Why? Because you have an understanding of what time it is. But many times you and I, we, we, we are asleep to, 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 to the time it is. I, I, I read a, a scripture, I'm sure I've read it many times, but it stood out to me this time. It says it's disgraceful for a son to be asleep in a time of harvest. It's shameful for a son to be asleep in a time of harvest. So, 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 so we as the church, we can be in a time of harvest, but when we are not aware of what time it is, we can be asleep during a harvest. And it's shameful to our father, the Bible says, that we'll be asleep in the time of harvest. So, so and, 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 and you will see that each time when Paul speaks about this, when he speaks about, um, about being awake, he relates it to time. In Ephesians, it says, Awake you sleep, arise from the dead, and, and, and Christ will rise, will, will give you light. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So, so he relates being awake to because of what time it is. It's not time to be sleeping, is what he's saying. He's saying, church, you need to get up, you need to be awake. It's not a time to be sleeping. And in Romans, he says, awake because your, your, your redemption draws near. So, so he says, because of the time we are in, you should not be sleeping, but you should be awake awake. So, so, so just as in the natural, when we awake, we awake because of time. So it is in the spiritual. God is saying it's not a time for us as a church to be asleep. We need to wake up. And, and can I tell you, it, it, it's been the easiest thing to just want to sleep in the past two years. Not going to church, lockdown, services online, and, and some people have not woken up from that slumber. It's difficult to come back and to wake up to the things of God. Why? Because they went into a slumber during that time. So it's been very easy to just fall asleep, but God is calling us to be awake. So, so, so thinking about what time we're in, when we, when we read in, in, in Luke and in Matthew, when, when, sort of Je- when the disciples ask Jesus, you know, how will we know? What will the signs be of your coming? So Jesus begins to tell them, this is not exactly when he's coming, but he says, uh, you'll hear of, 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 of wars and, and rumors of wars, and there'll be earthquakes and pestilences, uh, pandemics uh, as we are in, there'll be famines. Um, and, 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 but he says, where, where, where he, says, he says, when these things begin to happen, he says, men's heart will fail them for fear. But he says, not so with you, my church. He says, with you, when you see these things begin to happen, you must stand up and look up and know your redemption draws near. So it's not a time for us as a church to be asleep. It's not a time for us as a church to be sitting down and waiting for the storm to pass. But actually, God wants us to be awake even during this time of a storm. We need to be spiritually awake. We need to stand up. We need to look up and we need to know that our redemption draws near. So redeem the time. Miles Monroe says this, he says, we become what we exchange our time for. We become what we exchange our time for. So going back to social media, uh, there have been many studies done to the relationship between anxiety and social media. 
because of the comparison that happens as we watch people's seemingly perfect lives on social media and compare them to our own, there's an anxiety and a stress that has come upon us and we are becoming what we give our lives to. If you're giving three hours a day to, to social media, you need to be careful what you are becoming because we become what we give our time to. If, if in order for a student to study and get qualified, they have to give their time to their studies and they become an engineer because they've given their time to, study, to studying engineering. I mean, I was saying to our church a while back, uh, I, 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 on my phone it tells me, it tells me every week, it says on average this week you spend so many, so much time on, on social media or on your phone. And, and when I first saw that, I wanted to, because you don't realize how much time it takes up. And I was saying to our church, I was saying, do you know that you can get a degree if you took the time you spent on social media and went to study? You, you, you could exchange your time for something better. And, and you are just giving it away to see what Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are doing. The devil is stealing your degree from you. Or, or, or something else. You could be building a business. You can, you, you can study and make yourself a better person. You can, you can improve your work with God and gain greater intimacy with God if you'd give that time to, 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 to God's word. There's, there's an imbalance, church. There's an imbalance between our hunger for God and our hunger for those things. And there's an imbalance between the time. You, it, it's, it's interesting because most often you and I will say, no, I don't have time. So, so, so why don't you study the word more? No, I don't have time. Well, why don't you spend time in prayer? No, I don't have time. But, but we, and I'm not pointing to you, I'm pointing to myself, we who don't have time still somehow find three hours in a day for social media and, and maybe two more for TV and Netflix. So we need to be careful that we, 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 we it, it's Miles Mandrew again who says, integrity and faithfulness is when my schedule matches my values. So the way that I spend my time matches my values. So I don't, I don't, I don't just say I value one, two, and three, but if you had to look at my time and how I'm spending myself, you can deduce what my values are. But many of us, we will speak certain values but when you look at our lives, you look at our time, you look at our money, you look at all of those things, you realize that actually it does not line up. So we need to be important, we, we, need, we need to be careful because if we're not careful, and this is another quote, it says, if we're not careful, you'll end up always doing the agent and never the important. So, 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 so then, then your agenda is set by the enemy because oh, the enemy can cause there to be emergencies here, there, and everywhere. So you can spend your life putting out fires and never doing what is important, never setting your own agenda. In Daniel 7.25, it says this. It says, speaking of the enemy, it says he will speak words against the Most High God and wear down the saints of the Most High. Make us tired, wear us down. And, and how many times have you said when people ask you, hey, how are you? Hey, I'm well, but I'm tired. I'm busy. It's good, but busy. And, and, and busyness and distraction is stealing from us the time that we should spend focused on God. So what does Paul say? Paul says, redeem the time because the days are evil. Redeem the time. Do you know what redeem means? Redeem means buy back. So uh, uh, it's almost as if Paul is speaking to this time because our time has been so stolen by the enemy. 
in these things I'm talking about and so many more, that there is so much distractions that, 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 that we have. And it's saying, redeem the time because the days are evil. It's almost as if it's saying, your time is in, is in enemy territory. You need to buy it back. The Bible says that Christ has redeemed you and I, but you and I need to redeem our time and give it back to the one who has redeemed us. It is up to us. Paul is saying, you need to redeem your time. And, and the word used for time there is kairos. It's not chronos. So what he's saying, and, and he says, redeem your time because the days are evil. When he speaks about the days are evil, he's speaking about chronos, the, quality, the quantity of time. But he's saying, you need to redeem your, 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 your appointed times out of your chronos. Because, because your, your appointed time, your, your, your time with God and your, and your set time and your spiritual time is actually hidden in evil corners and you need to buy it back. The, time is never going to be added. There's 24 hours in a day. And sometimes we feel like, I wish there were more hours in a day, but actually we can use our hours more productively, the same 24 hours. Isn't it amazing that some people can accomplish so much more with exactly the same time and sometimes with a greater load because they prioritize their time correctly. So, so part of being awake is redeeming our time. So, so being, being, walking circumspectly, not as foolish, but as wise, take, taking control of our time and not allowing the enemy to set our agenda, but setting our own agenda that we might redeem our kairos from evil chronos. We must remember that your time is your life. So, so whatever is stealing your time is stealing your life. So, so, so when the devil steals our time, when he, when he occupies our time, it means that very often we are not present in the moment. We are not, he, so he can come in and steal. The Bible says uh, you cannot plunder a strong man's house unless you first bind the strong man. And, and, and honestly, church, some of us are, are bound by these distractions. And so the enemy will come in and go out and come in and go out and we will not even lift up our faces from our phones. We walk around like zombies with lights on our faces. And the spiritually, the enemy comes in and the enemy goes out and we do not even lift up our heads to have a look because we, the strong men, have been bound by the enemy in this area. So we need to make sure that we redeem our kairos. It's, 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 our kairos is in enemy territory. It's, 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 in, it's in evil chronos. There's not going to be a better time. There's not going to be a time where it's more opportune or a time where it feels like I've got the time to pray or to study God's word. It's never going to be like that. You've got to redeem your kairos from, from the evil chronos. You've, you've, got, you've, got, you've got to take your time. You've got to take your appointed time from evil chronos and you've got to do that uh, with intentionality. It is not automatic. So chronos is evil because it can conceal your, your kairos. It can conceal your God time. You can just keep on going in evil chronos and not see that within the evil chronos, there's a kairos moment. When you look at every character in the Bible that have a kairos moment, it did not happen when the circumstances were favorable. It was during a time of evil chronos, but, but, but God would come and speak a kairos word, and that person would respond to the kairos word and experience a kairos moment during an evil chronos, because our, our kairos moments are hidden in the evil chronos. It's, it's not going to line up a certain way before we redeem our kairos. We've got to redeem our kairos from the evil time that we live in. So let me close with a few examples. So we've got, we've got to ask ourselves, in order to be fully awake, who am I? Where am I? What time is it? 
And if those three don't line up, then I've got to ask myself, what am I doing here? So let's give you a few examples. Adam hiding from God. Imagine if he'd taken the moment to ask himself, who am I? I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. Where am I? I'm hiding from God. What time is it? It's the time of God's visitation. Imagine if he had asked himself those questions and realized, what am I doing here? Yes, I've messed up. Yes, I've sinned, but I can run to my father. God is my father. I can run to him and repent and be aligned to him instead of hiding in this place. So, so the enemy will have us hiding because we, 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 we're not sure of our identity in Christ of who we are, and, and he'll have us lose our position, move away from where we are at the wrong time because he knows that when who we are aligns with where we are and what time it is and it's our kairos moment, then miracles begin to happen. Another example Gideon. Gideon finds himself, himself trying to hide some wheat. He's threshing wheat in a wine press. Do you know that the name Gideon means a fella, a cutter down? So, 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 so at that moment, when he's threshing wheat in a wine press, trying to hide a little bit of wheat, when he's actually called to cut down the enemy, if, if he'd asked himself, Who am I? I'm Gideon, I'm a, I'm a Katatan, I'm a fella, and, and, and where am I? I'm in a wine press, threshing wheat in a wine press, and, and, and what time is it? It's the time for the deliverance of God. If he if, if would encourage himself with those questions, then he, should, he would have come to a place of asking himself, what am I doing here? What, what is a Katatan, a fella, doing threshing wheat in a wine press at the time of the deliverance of God's people? And there's nothing wrong with threshing wheat if that's what you are called to, but if you are called to be a church and a deliverer of the people, what are you doing threshing wheat in a wine press when you should be out there delivering your nation? And many of us, when we are not aware of who we are, we leave our position and we live below who we are in Christ and we are busy just trying to take care of ourselves, just trying to get enough for myself when God has called us to much greater, to much bigger things. He wants to use us to deliver nations, to deliver our families, communities. He he wants to use us mightily in his kingdom. He's called us to be kings and to be priests. But because we don't know who we are, we are barely making it, trying to just get a, a little bit of wheat for us. If I can just get a little, we, we are so preoccupied, just trying to get a, just a little bit of wheat. But we are called to be a storehouse to many. But we won't lift up our eyes because we don't know who we are. Ask yourself, who am I in Christ? Where am I? What time is it? What am I doing? doing here? Do I need to align myself and move to where God wants me to be? We live so below the purpose of God for our lives. We live so below what God wants to do. We are so afraid, even when God speaks and wants to move us in a direction, we are so afraid to move because we don't know who we are. But if we came to the realization of who we are, we'd believe God when he tells us who we are. So what does God do with Gideon? Enter God. God is with you, you mighty man of valor. What is God doing is reminding Gideon, Gideon, I want you to remember who you are. You are not somebody who should be here threshing wheat in a wine press. You are not somebody who should be trying to hide a little bit of wheat. You should be out there delivering Israel. God is with you, you mighty man of valor. God is restoring the identity of Gideon so that he can rise up and move to where he should be. So that he can realize that, what am I doing here? 
I'm not one to hide away from the enemy and, 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 and hide a little bit of wheat, but I should be delivering my entire nation. So God moves him to boldness and he says, you are in this position because Israel is worshiping idols. So I want to go to your father's house and take down his altar. I want you to burn it and use it as wood to burn and make a sacrifice unto me. Come on, Gideon, the righteous are as bold as a lion. I don't want you to stay in this place of being scared. No, 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 look at this. He's provoking his own people. There's already an enemy that's besieging them, but God God says, now I want you to go provoke those who are worshipping Baal because you are a mighty man of valor and I call them with you. So whatever God calls us to, it is because he's going to be with us. It always seems way beyond us, but it's because God is going to be with us that he's going to accomplish it. The Bible, God doesn't waste words, they tell us. So when the Bible tells us that it was at the time when kings go to war that David finds himself on the rooftop of his house. It's showing us that he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. So, so David, on that roof, even before he saw Bathsheba naked and committed adultery, if he'd asked himself, who am I? I'm a king. Where am I? I'm on my rooftop. What time is it? It's the time when kings go to war. Church, can I tell you, God has made us kings and priests. I mean, Jesus has made us kings and priests unto his father. It's not a time for us to sleep. We've got to go to war. We've got to rise up and pray. You and I cannot be waiting for the dawn to come. We need to awake the dawn. God is trusting us as the church to stand in the gap and pray for our nation. Stop complaining. Stop memorizing. But go to God in prayer. Be as bold as a lion and approach God and trust God to move. I know it looks impossible. I know the giant looks big. But you need to know who you are. You are a giant slayer. You are a mighty man and woman of God. God has called you for such a time as this. It's not an accident that you are born at this time and that you are alive and in the church and in the kingdom at this time. God wants to use you. Arise and awake to the calling of God upon your life. And I'll close with this. The prodigal son, if he'd asked himself, I'm sure he did, who am I? I'm a son of a rich generous man. Where am I? I'm in a pigsty. Something doesn't line up. Even my father's servants have more than enough to eat. And here I am, a son in a pigsty, trying to eat the food of pigs. What time is it? It's a season of grace. What am I doing here? Let me go back to God.